Welcome to CEO Interviews, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives about their companies with us today for the first time. Happy to have them. Andrew Kegel, CEO of Tokens.com, trades in Canada and stock symbol C-O-I-N, coin, got to love that. And for our friends in the U.S., under S-M-U-R-F, Smurf, maybe we'll get to the bottom line about where that stock symbol came from. But before we start the interview, for those who are new to the story, this is what you need to know. Investors all over the world have seen the rise of Web3, which includes metaverse, blockchain, NFTs, tokens, and cryptocurrencies. The rise of Web3 is undeniable, as evidenced by announcements that we've seen recently from some of the world's biggest tech companies. But as difficult as it is to understand the economics of just any one of those elements, and most people are really struggling with that, it's even harder to actually invest in them because trading often takes place on Web3 platforms that are incredibly difficult to navigate, especially for legacy investors like me in the 50 plus category. Enter tokens.com. That's where they come in. They're a Web3 company that owns an inventory, a big inventory of metaverse, NFT, and other digital assets. Their primary focus is the metaverse, where tokens.com is the majority owner of Metaverse Group, one of the world's first virtual real estate companies, and making it one of the largest publicly traded virtual real estate holders in the world with an eight-digit metaverse portfolio. And the company with that size of portfolio has been noticed by major business media, including CNBC, Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Global Mail, CNN, The Economist, and many others. So when we say that tokens.com provides public market investors with a simple, secure way to gain exposure to Web3, we mean it. Andrew, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, George. Good introduction. Hey, well, great, great business fundamentals makes for an easy introduction, right? Let me get to a quote uh, on, on a video that you said recently, which was as follows. The metaverse is a trillion dollar market opportunity that is going to impact every type of consumer technology. These 3D interconnected worlds are the next iteration of social media, gaming, and computing. It's a massive opportunity that the world is just beginning to discover. What, I mean, trillion dollars is a big number. What do you base that quote on and how long until you think it becomes a trillion dollar market? Well, JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs are now saying it's going to be an $8 trillion business. So I might have been underestimating it at a trillion. But let's just look at the subparts. At a very basic level, the social media industry is already a trillion dollar business. If you think about LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, and Facebook, Facebook has recognized already the power of the metaverse and they're doing the largest rebrand in history to convert their platform into a metaverse. So there's just part one. Let's look at things like shopping and advertising. Today, most shopping or a lot of shopping happens online, especially for the younger generation. That whole industry is gonna evolve and move into the metaverse where you'll be able to wander into virtual stores. Imagine Amazon, instead of being on a two-dimensional page where you type in running shoes and a bunch of sort of stack images comes up. Right. Imagine that you could go in to a virtual store that maybe looks like a Best Buy or whatever it is, or a running shoe company, and you can look at things three-dimensionally, you can try them on your avatar, you can see the colors, and you can order it, and it shows up at your house, or you can wear it on your avatar. That's a massive industry. What about computing? What is this going to do to companies that produce things like graphic chips and hardware, VR headsets, like the Oculus, which Facebook has now purchased them as well? 
When you add all of these things together, social media, gaming, computers, graphic cards, this is going to be an industry that's going to impact, as I said, every, almost every type of consumer technology, and it's going to be a multi-trillion dollar business. When do you, I mean, you're saying trillion, JP Morgan saying 8 trillion, ballpark, how long does the industry take to mature until it gets there? Three, five years, end of the decade. What are you guys thinking? I think within five years. Wow. You can already see today, if you start Googling, if you Google Metaverse today, you're going to see that every single brand in the world, major brand in the world, has a Metaverse strategy. Balenciaga, Gucci, Prada, Adidas, Nike, Skechers, Ralph Lauren, you name it. If they are a global brand, they are figuring out ways to capitalize on getting into this new demographic in the Metaverse. And it's interesting, not to diverge too much, but people are always, you know, I was having a conversation with the CEO of a major running shoe company uh, last week. And one of his questions was like, well, how much revenue am I going to make? I said, no, no, no. You will make revenue, but it's not about revenue. The rules to advertising and branding have pivoted. The new generation doesn't watch TV. George, you and I are probably one of the last generations to order yeah. cable TV and consume commercials. My children don't watch television. They don't read magazines or newspapers, and they do their shopping and research online through social media and places like the metaverse. If you are a major brand and you're interested and concerned about the longevity of your brand with this new demographic, how else are you going to research them or to reach them? How else is this new generation going to know what you represent? My daughter is just starting to learn the difference between Gap and Gucci. Obvious to us, but to somebody who's new and is learning about all these things via social media, they need to consume this new information in the way it's provided to them by the brands. And so again, back to my point, it's not about sales. It's about establishing what you represent with this new generation, this new demographic. Yeah, it's no longer uh, ads on TV, uh, full page in a, in a magazine, a banner ad on a website, you're actually going into an immersive experience. So if you walk into a Gucci store, you're going to have a totally different vibe and experience over what you're going to see in a Nike, in a Nike store, for example. And they're both going to be great, but it's going to be, and that's, that's why this is more than just a gimmick. Cause there are a lot of critics, right? Andrew, you must still face that all the time. People saying, ah, the metaverse, that sounds all gimmicky, despite the fact that JP Morgan's calling 8 trillion, right? But right. is that, the big differentiator is just that next level of engagement where people are going to be immersed inside brands. Yeah, it's going to replace various things. So this is going to be the next iteration of gaming, social media, and shopping. It's not going to add to our screen time. It's going to replace and improve the way we're right. using screen time now. And by the way, JP Morgan announced this week that they opened up an office space in Decentraland. So not only are they proponents, remember they, JP Morgan were the group that hated crypto. They now have an office in Jamie Decentraland Diamond. with Jamie Dimon portrait hanging on the wall. Okay, that's how far things have pivoted in terms of this. And the biggest criticism I always face is for people who don't understand. And, and this, is, this is a big hurdle for people to understand. There's an entire generation that believes that in order for something to have value, it must have weight. It must have something you can hold and touch. Right. They don't 
quite um, haven't crossed the transom of understanding that things can have value by only existing on the internet. And this is the whole argument with respect to Bitcoin. Like, how can something have value that doesn't actually exist except on the internet? And the extension of that technology leads to things like metaverses and NFTs, which is the fact that the technology now exists that you can create something that is unique, irreplaceable with its own unique address and signature that lives on the internet that you can identify as your own. And that is the pivotal technology that is changing the way we interact with the internet. So let's talk about you guys specifically now. In that, by the way, great explanation. I listen to so many people try and answer the question, you know, why, why the metaverse? And they get into all these uh, definitions and, and no, they, they never get to the point. That, that was awesome. Let's talk about you guys. What are your metaverse plans? Are you going to be buyers? Are you going to be builders? Uh, are you going to be, uh, you just bought 20% of metaverse architects. So clearly you have big plans. You're one of the biggest holders of metaverse uh, assets as a, as a public company. What are you guys going to do? So George, this is how it started. I really like the idea of owning metaverse real estate because it's finite. If you want to think about this, people, again, part of understanding this, there's within each metaverse is like a city. There's only a certain amount of land available, only a certain amount of real estate available. It's finite, not infinite. That's important. I originally viewed metaverse real estate as a storage of value, investing into an asset that would appreciate. And that's how we started getting into this, which is by buying the land as a way to hold it. What ended up happening is, as we started receiving more media, people started reaching out and saying, hey, can we advertise on your land? Can you put up a digital billboard for us? And so now we built tokens.com tower and we have a list of over 20 names. This is podcasters, investment banks, lawyers, accounting firms, other public companies that want to pay us to have a frictionless way to advertise digitally on our property, okay? Just to make a comparison, that's the exact same way Google and Facebook make money. People want to advertise in these areas because it gets eyeballs. We now own the real estate. We've pre-purchased advertising space in these metaverses as the user traffic grows that we can use to our advantage. So that's one example, digital advertising. Number two, we started getting people who said, I don't really want to buy land and develop it in the metaverse. How about you guys create something like an event space and we use that to throw a party or to launch various things for our company. And so tokens.com tower has two virtual conference centers, one on the rooftop and one on the ground floor that you can rent. And we have a list of people we're talking to that want to pay us to do this. They want to launch, you know, have speakers. It's a way of publicity where they will come and pay us and we will orchestrate for them an NFT drop or a party or help them arrange a DJ or something to hold an event that happens in the metaverse. And so this virtual office tower is really converting into a virtual conference and event space for people that want, again, a frictionless way of getting involved. So go, go on, so on. Go, are you, you still going? Yeah, yeah, I'm still going. This is where it's going to get even, even, even more cool because then we start so that part looks like nothing that's really there where we're, we're hosting these parties but then we're moving from sort of looking like a google or a facebook to looking like a traditional real estate company and here's how we have this 
amount of land, about 450,000 square foot equivalent of ground floor land in the fashion district of the metaverse. And we have some very large brands, some like the top clothing brands on the planet who we're negotiating with right now who want to build virtual storefronts on our property. So this is gonna be, you'll be able to walk in and look around and do your shopping for yourself, for your avatar, or for a physical good. So you'll be able to click on it. Maybe it takes you to the website. They can have virtual employees talking to the people that walk in, just like a real store. Those companies are paying us monthly rent plus a portion of their sales. So when you add all this and you take a step back, because your original question, I believe, was like, how are we monetizing? How are we making money here? It looks like a lot of different business models put together, but it's digital advertising, hosting events, and renting out our land for virtual storefronts. And this partnership with Metaverse Architects takes it to the next level where you can come to us and we can do the design, build, architecture in the Metaverse for your company. You come to us, we're a one-stop shop, we get it all done for you. So there are, now we've got metaverse architects out there. Well, it's pretty hard. I mean, if you go into the metaverse, you whatever you build needs to have integrity from all dimensions, right? Bottom, top, everywhere. You need to be able to climb it. It needs to have you know certain rules that apply to it. And so, yeah, you need an architect and a design firm to create something for you if you want it to look good. We can now provide that service. Where are we at right now in the, are we, are we the 1800s? The land rush is still taking place. Where are we at in terms of the metaverse and where are you at? Cause you, you did a, you, you did a pretty substantial raise. Are you guys just going to continue buying, developing, renting like the whole gamut that you're talking about is, is it still early for, for, for tokens.com? It's still very early. Um, I would say in terms of the leading metaverses are probably 15 to 20% developed. Um, in a place like Decentraland as an example, and this speaks to the finite nature of the land available. If you think of Decentraland like a puzzle that's made up of 90,000 pieces, it's rectangular, has a border, you can't travel outside the border, 90,000 pieces, okay? Of the 90,000 pieces, approximately half are untouchable, can't be developed. And the reason why is those are your parks, your rivers, your sidewalks, your fountains, the things oh. that make your city look like a city, because like in a normal city, you're not just gonna have things built on top of each other. So the city has an organization and it's divided up into neighborhoods with not every piece of land sold. But the other 45,000 plots are available for purchase. Well. When I say available for purchase from other people, they're already owned. It's like if you go into Vancouver or Toronto and you want to buy land, you have to find somebody that's willing to sell it to you. And different neighborhoods have different prices. The land is not all the same price. Depends on your neighbors, what neighborhood you're in, how many contiguous plots of land you have. It's done just like in the real world. You have a conversation, you can list it, you can negotiate and come up with a deal because you're just dealing with another person on the other end. But back to my point, 45,000 plots available for purchase or for development that are out there. Decentraland's visitor traffic went from about 50,000 people to about 800,000 people last year. It grew by about over 3,000%. It's continuing to grow that quickly, which means this year, they're gonna have into the millions of users. 
There's still only 45,000 plots available. And Millions by the way, Devil's Advocate. Growing. Devil's Advocate. I know you said it's finite because real land we know is finite. Any chance that you could have Decentraland one day say, hey, it's just digital. Let's just add more. Um, and it's So it's run like a real city. Ultimately, Decentraland doesn't own the land. The decisions are made by the landowners. The landowners would not vote something like that through because it diminishes the value of what they're already holding. They want it to remain scarce. And that's the great thing about the power of Web3. It's not George of Georgecom who makes the decisions. All the landowners don't just own the land, but they also get a say in what happens. The governance. Which is, which is Web3, which is this decentralized way to own and decide uh, and participate in, in digital assets, right? We're creating communities, which is very cool. But let's contrast that with something like Facebook or Instagram. We as users of that social media provide them a revenue source because we're the visitor traffic, but all the advertising revenue that Facebook makes or even Google goes back to the parent company. They don't share it with us, even though they're really, it's our content and it's our visitor traffic. I've heard them called digital prisons because again, all the money goes to the parent company. They determine the content and what it looks like. They make money off you. Web3 is putting some of that power back into the hands of the consumer. The money is distributed amongst the landowners. It's like, we're building the community. We're providing the content. We can also profit from doing that. We become, in a sense, virtual Facebooks and Googles on our own in there by being creative and finding ways to monetize. It's the ultimate democratization of capitalism, I say, because before, the only way you could participate in Google's uh, revenue and Google's financial success is you had to be a, a shareholder. And being a shareholder means you had a certain amount of level of wealth. And you know it's, it's a pretty it's a pretty tight-knit group. Whereas now, you know, two years ago, some kid in Southeast Asia or Africa or South America or anywhere, as long as they have a mobile phone uh, and a wallet, could buy a small plot of land on Decentraland. Well, it, you know, it, start it, you're, there, you're right. Participating. You're right. But it's more than that because remember, Google and Facebook make all their revenue based on bringing in traffic users that don't actually share in that. In the metaverse, as a user, you can share in the profitability of what you're building and what you're doing. So it's, it's more than that, right? Yeah, because I can tell people, hey, if you come into the Agoracom section of Decentraland here and help me become a success, I'll share some of that success with you guys because, Andrew, you're actually coming in here with all your influencers and audience and you're driving to an Agoracom small cap conference, for example. Exactly. Yeah, love that. So is that what makes you guys the best choice for both metaverse investors and Web3 investors in general? Because it's incredibly hard for traditional investors, even me, right, to go into Decentraland and figure out, should I spend $1,000 on that or, or $2.5 million? Because we had a $2.5 million plot of land sold in November. I don't that know how to analyze it. that. Yeah, What's that? that was me who did that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I wanted to go there. I was actually going to go there at that saying, you know, I have no way of knowing if that two point, if that two point four million dollars for me is a great investment or if I'm overpaying. So is right. that what makes you guys the best choice for traditional investors saying, look, it's hard for you to figure this out. It's hard for you to figure out where it's going. The complete it's a complete different economy as far as I'm concerned. So tokens.com is almost that proxy. Yeah, so my background is I was an investment banker for 20 years. 
And so I spent my career taking companies public and providing that exposure to investors. My previous company to this is, is North America's largest Bitcoin miner. And that was created just as a way of giving people Bitcoin exposure. This is the same thing. I'm trying to find a way for that public market investor to have an ability to participate into something that's difficult or intimidating for them to do themselves. And I can give you an example. Our, our largest institutional shareholder is Canada's largest tech fund, CI Signature. And they buy us because they say, great, this is a way for us to get that exposure. And we don't have to worry about the reporting or the security of these assets. We know we can trust you and we do it through you in a public vehicle. For other people, you can't just walk into the metaverse and, and buy land. First of all, plots and you know, good plots of land might be costing you know, $40,000, $60,000. You could make a bad decision and buy in the wrong neighborhood. If you don't have developers or other people to help you lease it out, like what are you going to do with it? It's far more complicated than that. It would be like walking into a, a different country and just randomly picking a plot of land to buy without right. knowing what you're doing. Double it literally is you a different understand country. How to secure land it. Is a different country. Right. And, and remember, you got to understand how to secure it. Buying land in the metaverse, you're buying an NFT that needs to be secured and stored on the blockchain. If you're not sophisticated with how to store this stuff, you could lose it. These transactions don't happen in fiat. They happen in cryptocurrencies. And that's where we come in and we make this easy. Other people can try and go in there and do what we're doing. But, you know, like I said, we own an eight-figure portfolio of land. We're monetizing on it. We're cutting deals with some of the largest brands in the world to use our land and to make money off that. That's not something somebody can just, you know, walk off the street and do. Yeah, and look, I'm a pretty sophisticated investor, and I, I've identified two real difficulties for traditional sophisticated investors to, to, to buy digital assets, especially metaverse. One, how do you evaluate it? So we went through that. But the second part is, how do you even buy it? In the traditional world, you know, I write a check, I give it to my lawyer, he gives it to the other party, I get a deed uh, that's registered with the land registry, I keep the deed in my safe, and we're done, and I'm good. But the, we're not even going to go through the mechanics, but the mechanics in the in the metaverse world are incredibly difficult to evaluate and to buy and to hold. So uh, it's a no. What else you get now? Web Web three goes beyond metaverse, Andrew. I know yeah. metaverse is your primary uh, focus, and that's great because there's so the elements I listed off. You can't be a specialist in all of them. But what else are you doing to gain exposure in Web three in general for your investors as well? Uh, with yeah, the there's a new technology. Season. Yeah, there's a new technology called uh, proof of stake. And I came across this a few years ago. And really, it's the clean energy alternative to crypto mining, because it doesn't require hardware or electricity use, it requires ownership and a voting structure. But essentially, this is a very powerful platform that allows us to buy into what I would almost call the operating system that's fueling decentralized finance and NFTs. And so decentralized finance is the automation of financial services. It's technology bringing you know, to things that you might normally have to do at the bank that you can now do through your computer. $250 billion or so have been deposited by over 6 million people that are using these services. Yep. And Wall Street and Silicon Valley are going bananas because they see the potential here to disrupt financial services. This is eventually going to get picked up by the JP Morgans and the Bank of Americas. You're just bringing technology and upgrading your delivery of financial services. 
NFTs, we talked about this before. It is the digital identities. It is creating value for things that exist on the internet. But all of these things have to build and be built on top of platforms like operating systems. So if you think of iOS or Android, you have all these apps. You go to the app store and you have, you know, you can choose probably from hundreds of thousands of them. In the crypto space, it's very similar. There's apps that are built that provide different services. Our approach is to buy the pieces of the operating system. So this is things like Solana, Ethereum, and Polkadot, which are blockchains that are the building blocks for these other products. The advantage of this is that we're taking a macro view of the sector growing without having to pick the winners. I don't have to worry about which app is going to succeed with the consumer or which NFT is going to be hot and you know, appreciate in value. I'm betting that every time these transactions happen between people, there's a fee paid down to the operating system that then pays us a fee for helping them validate those transactions. I think that's an amazing business model because it's a little bit like being able to own the internet or an iOS operating system. Every time a transaction happens, regardless of what it costs or who's involved, we get paid a fee. That's pretty cool in my opinion. Yeah, look, six months ago, I wouldn't have understood 90% of what you just said. Solana, Polkadot, Layer 1. And I think that's the challenge for investors. I took a couple of hundred hours, guys. I'm talking to everyone at home. I took a couple hundred hours at night, you know, four or five hours, four hours a night over months trying to figure all this out. And I did because, look, we're a Gorecom. We have to. But I don't think that most investors have that time. So you have to have vehicles like tokens.com because you could, and for those, and they're, they're going to be investors who are going to invest two, three, four, 500 hours of time to study this and no doubt, but 99% investors, Andrew, 99% of investors, will they ever be able to fully understand or will they be able to understand in time before web three just gets bigger and bigger and bigger? Because if you right. become an expert at it by 2025, you're probably going to miss a really big boat, right? This is, like I said, this is changing the way all consumer technology is, is done, the way people use the internet. It really is. The assets that we're buying, again, we're not building a business like some other companies are. We're buying assets that are the building blocks to this technology. And then we're using the technology to generate revenue from it. So we're, for the process that I talked about before, we're getting paid to do that. We're revenue positive. We're income positive already not a lot of companies can say that oh no we we did last quarter we had about eight million of comprehensive net income that's pretty good for a company that's only about a, a, at the time a year old i expect that trend to continue for us and you're you're the ceo of the company you're the co-founder last question you know what's your vision here in terms of is this an exit in two three years or is this hey george this is a brand new economy, a brand new structure, ecosystem. Whatever we're buying today, we're going to be staking and holding and sitting on it for 20 years. I mean, that's the way I look at it, but you know, I'm not the CEO of tokens.com. Right. What's your long-term vision here for investors at home? Is this is web three just the flavor of the day and we're getting something else going to take over 12, 18 months from now? Right. Or is this the next new internet that we first all got immersed in 1997 and here we are 25 years later right so so number one this is this is not a fad this is already you know infiltrating the way we use the internet um you know 
you can't call things like cryptocurrency a fad anymore. It's been around for 13 years and it continues to grow. Uh, the use cases continue to grow. So I don't think you can deny that the fact like, you know, could you tell me that people are going to stop gaming? This is the next iteration of video games. Are people going to stop using social media? Again, this is the next iteration of social media. It's the new, more immersive way of doing that. Um, are people going to stop trying to find more efficient and cheaper ways of, of getting financial services? Of course not. So what I would say to people with tokens.com is, is we're trying to be part of the infrastructure, the underneath part that helps support the growth of these areas from a macro level. And whether that's owning these building blocks for DeFi and NFTs or owning the real estate within the metaverses, the philosophy or the investment philosophy of the company is to get in on the ground level and to buy assets and build businesses that benefit from the macro trends. I don't see this as a flip. I think this is going to be a, a multi-billion dollar company within five years because the, the underlying movements, the trends, the headwinds here are so strong. My confidence level is so strong in what we own and what we're doing that I, I just, I know it's going to be a bumpy ride as most things are in crypto, but I've got a tremendous amount of confidence here with respect to where the company is going. Yeah, and by the way, just for the record, Andrew, I share the exact same vision for Web3. Agoracom is going to be transitioning to Web3. But you know, I'm not the CEO of tokens.com, so it's not my opinion everyone wants to hear. But since you've right. said that, for me, this is a 20-year cycle. We're at the very, very beginning. And there's only two ways for everybody at home to participate and grow in this. Either learn about it and start doing your own buying and your own staking and all the things that Andrew's talked about. And if you can... Good on you, but for 97% of investors out there, that's just going to be an insurmountable task. So your next best thing, and sometimes, to tell you the truth, even way less of a headache and probably even better, is you use a proxy like tokens.com. Now, we can't tell you to do that. We're not giving you financial advice. We're not, but you've heard what Vanders had to say, and you've and, and you heard the numbers and how the company is generating revenue, generating profit. So, you know, you have to make that decision for yourself. Uh, Andrew, last words to you. We're going to have you on quite a bit in 2022 because so much is happening. But last word to you as to what you want your current shareholders and your prospective shareholders to know uh, or to understand about tokens.com path going forward. Right. Thanks, George. I would say if you want to get more information, visit our website, tokens.com. We have an education section. We have lots of videos. We've had lots of our news coverage on there. If you're considering getting exposure to this area, um, you know, we have a lot of institutional ownership, including Canada's largest technology fund. We're worth taking a look at. I think as far as I know, we're the only public company that has all of these types of assets together. And uh, like I said, visit our website. There's good information there and, you know, things that you can learn about. Andrew, thanks for joining us today. Uh, amazing information. And what you really do well at this is two things. One you explain everything in terms that people can understand. I think that's an invaluable tool because so many people in the Web3 world speak in jargon and nobody understands. And you did a fantastic job of that. And two, hey, as a CEO and you've got a great team behind you, I know it's not all you, but you guys are delivering results and you're delivering results early. So that gives me a lot of confidence that you guys are going to deliver results for the long, long term. But thanks for being on here and can't wait to have you back. Thanks, George. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Andrew Kegel, he's CEO and co-founder of tokens.com. 
trades in Canada on the stock symbol coin. Got to love that symbol. You never get to forget it. And for our friends in the U.S., Smurf, S-M-U-R-F. I didn't ask you about that, Andrew, but we'll talk about that on the next one because I love that. I love that symbol. And there is a story. What's that? There is a story. Uh, then we're going to, everyone, you have to stay tuned for the next one. Uh, and to start your due diligence, two ways to do that. First, get to the Agoracom profile for tokens.com because we know that there's, there's, new, there's a new world, new terrain for everybody. So we've got the company neatly laid out in a smart path for you to understand. And then from there, link over to tokens.com to do your deep dive due diligence. And hopefully, guys, today you discovered your next great small cap Web3 company. Who knows? Maybe we'll even turn this video into an NFT one day. But thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Thank you. Hey guys, this podcast is over. Don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then 